The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school. Welcome to the Orange is the New Black Podcast. I'm your host, Ace Boogie, joined by my co-host, Zim. Zim, say what's up. Hello, world. How are you doing this evening? We are back. It is the dynamic duo here on Orange is the New Black. We are excited. We got some big, meaningful um, football games coming up in the season. But before we even get into that, we got to talk about this Ravens game coming up. Ace, how are you feeling about it? First of all, before you do that, we're we're really close to Christmas. Merry Back. Christmas. Merry Christmas to everybody out there in Houday Nation. And I think the best Christmas present will be a Bengals dub against the Baltimore Ravens. But, hey, if you're watching this, appreciate the support for you guys. 
uh, supporting me and Zim. We both had some orders come through for people um, that were getting some Christmas gifts that happened to be our merch. So be sure if you don't catch that, we still will have that going throughout the season, especially if we're gearing up for the playoff run. So be sure to visit ZimHooday.com. Check out the the Burrow Babies hoodies, a whole lot of orange hoodies that he's got over there. You can check out my website, NewStripeCity.com. For the Trace Migos hoodies, we got those going. Um, so appreciate that support there. But, yeah, let's get into this game, man. Baltimore has come back around at the office. Isn't that what – that's what Jermaine Pratt calls it, right? The office. They right. come into the office. I mean, this is what we've been waiting for, I feel like, ever since early in the season where we caught them off guard in Baltimore. Joe Burrow ends up setting a record in Baltimore uh, as an away quarterback, right? And now we get them at home. Uh, I felt like from the end of that game, a lot of people on the Baltimore side felt like it was fluky, right? Like they felt like because we had so many explosive plays that that wouldn't happen in this game. Obviously, they've got all of these injuries and, and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, right now, I feel like none of that is relevant, right? It's like either win or go home. Like if the Bengals were in the same situation, which they have their own injuries as well, you know, a lot of people are going to say, get this dub and try to get into the playoffs, try to get the division. This is a huge game because other teams in the division really have, for the most part, finished a lot of the divisional games, right? We're the only team that still has the Ravens, and we also have the Browns. And right now, the Bengals are in the driver's seat for this playoff run with the fourth seed. And in order to keep that locked in they have to continue to win and this is the perfect game to do that because not only are they going to get a divisional win they're also going to get an afc win and so this game has a lot of stakes on it so i don't think you can downplay it either way now lamar jackson as we're recording this on thursday december 23rd has still yet to practice so we'll have to see tomorrow what changes but that makes it seem to me that there is a legit chance that Huntley could be the guy that the Bengals see in this game. Now, Huntley, we've talked about this, and you've tweeted about this. Um, we talked about how we would actually rather play Lamar Jackson than Huntley, and that's not a knock against Lamar Jackson, but it's obvious that Lamar Jackson is hurt. It's obvious that this offense has played better under Huntley because he is 100% healthy and has added some dynamics to that that offense, right? And this is a guy that not many teams have that much film on, maybe like two and a half games of film is what they have on Huntley. The good thing though, is that they are, they do have kind of similar traits, right? As far as being a mobile quarterback. So if you're simulating for Lamar Jackson, it's probably pretty similar to Huntley, which I think bodes well for the defense. But in this game, I think what it really comes down to is exploiting uh, the injuries that they have in the secondary, right? No Marlon Humphrey in this game. Obviously last game, Jamar Chase lost his mind with Marlon Humphrey in the game. I think that you have to get things going through the air. And this is a game that the Migos can really eat on this battered secondary. I remember the Bengals were in the same position last year, right? Like we had a lot of injuries in our secondary, specifically at the corner position. And some teams just really lined us up, spread us out, and really just took advantage of the lack of depth that we had there. I think the Bengals should do the same thing. Like there's no reason in this game to not put your foot on the neck of an opponent in a game where you need to come out here and get a victory. There's nothing wrong with doing that. Um, so I think that you should do that because Baltimore 
does not have a good pass defense. It's one of the worst in the league. They do give up plays in the deep passing game, which, as we know with Joe Burrow, one of the best, if not the best, deep passer in the league this season, I believe with 12 deep touchdowns, according to PFF, and that's most in the league, most that we've had in some years. Uh, I think that they get that going in this game. Now, the run defense for Baltimore is actually pretty good, right? So I still think that you will try to get Mixon involved in this game, but I think that you exploit this Baltimore team in the passing game, you get the score up on them, and then you continue to do what you did in the Broncos game on defense with containing that offense that Baltimore has. They're normally known as a running team. Outside of the quarterback position, they haven't really done anything on the ground. Like when you talk about uh, Freeman, like he's probably their best running back, but right. they're not anybody that's really going to scare you and can really take over a game. Let me ask you this, though. With all that said, you talked about the injuries. You talked about the different ways that the Bengals could probably take them out, right? Tell me a scenario you could see the Baltimore Ravens shocking the Bengals. I think in a situation where they shock the Bengals, it would have to be Huntley. It would have to be Huntley throwing this defense off balance, like similar to something that we saw in the Jets game. Two different styles, right? But, like, we saw the Jets, like, their – the prep or the the lack of preparation in the game plan not working with them and them not, you know, reacting in game to switching it kind of put them in uncomfortable situations. If the Bengals had something like that, like with the cover zero, I think we talked off air and you said that, you know, with the cover zero blitz, that hasn't really affected Huntley the same way that it's affected Lamar. If they try to do that and they're burned by it, and Huntley makes some plays that they're not expecting, that's the only scenario that I can see where they do that. And it would also have to be a combination of the Bengals once again returning to, to turning the ball over in this game. That's the only way I feel like the Ravens shocked the Bengals in this one. Part of me, you know, like I showed uh, – I was telling you this off, off air or whatever. Um, so the defensive coordinator for the Ravens, if you guys follow my page on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, or it's been going around like wildfire, uh, uh, Marty – I'm going to say Marty Wink Nightingale. I was about to call him Marty McFly. Hey, Wink uh, Nightingale, he he was saying that, and I don't want to misquote the, the, the quote, but it was saying that they are not going to double team J- uh, Jamar Chase. He's not Devontae Adams, and Joe Burrow's not Aaron Rodgers. He also said that we're not ready to give Joe Burrow a gold jacket yet. Some of that is, you know, somewhat like true in the aspect of, Joe Burrow hasn't done enough to be on Aaron Rodgers' level yet. But if we're talking about talent and processing information and dicing up a defense, like Joe Burrow's probably the number one quarterback for that in the entire National Football League, in my opinion. His strengths are his processing abilities, uh, whereas Lamar Jackson's processing abilities are his weakness. A lot of people criticize, I think, Lamar Jackson for his accuracy. I don't feel like Lamar Jackson, even in college, he threw at like 76% completion rate. It's not his accuracy. It's when he sees something that he doesn't know, he gets off balance with his, with the different mechanics of throwing a football. So then the ball then sometimes is off or, or he'll have an off game just like anybody else. With that said, I think in a way, uh, Wink Nightingale or Martin <laughs> was <laughs> – Wink Nightingale – I think he was just saying that, um, you know, because obviously he couldn't go a whole entire game without giving him coverage, like help with the safety. The Ravens are just, you know, um, ravaged with injury. So I see no scenario where you don't cloud coverage his way. The Bengals, when they played them in week seven, like you were just saying, they showed him these zero blitz looks. 
uh, in what I call also read blitzes and key blitzes. When you have read blitz looks, there's always a zero blitz look when you look on Madden or whatever, and you just send that all out blitz or I don't know if they call it zero blitz on Madden. I haven't played Madden like five years, but when you're just giving him that look, it doesn't allow him to process information like that. So I was telling different people, like, I kind of rather play Lamar because he's got the hurt ankle. Trey Hendrickson is playing on fire. So, like, if you think you're going to run away from that, cool. Like, you could run. I know you're super athletic. You're about to be running all day because Trey Hendrickson is about to hunt you down like a wild dog. So I said it from that aspect, but I didn't want it to get misconstrued. Lamar Jackson is a far better quarterback than Huntley, in my eyes, at least. And I think a lot of people, and we I've said this to you many times, too, that he gets a bad rap for not being a good quarterback. I think he is. He just struggles with different things. And right now, at this current moment in the league, he's struggling with this look of a read blitz. The read blitz is going to look at his mechanics. How does he drop back? Does he start his uh, progression from his right to his left? That lets the linebacker know if I'm coming or not. But Lamar Jackson doesn't know that, and we have to communicate on defense. And we started that. After that, he played the Browns. They they copied that. He threw four picks. He also then played the Miami Dolphins where they blew the doors off of him. He ain't been right since we played him. So anybody that's saying, like, I'm crazy, there have been people that say, like, why would you want to play Lamar? And I'm not saying that Lamar Jackson is not a better quarterback than Huntley, but the things in that look that we were doing, Huntley, he diagnoses and he processes that way faster. And even in a Packers game, they act like they were going to blitz him. They act like they were going to do different things. He carved it up so crazy, and he goes straight to Andrews. And what did we do last uh, – I mean, well, two weeks ago against Kittle, we had no answer for Kittle. So right. Andrews, I imagine, could do the same exact thing. And, and, I mean, come on, that's Lamar Jackson's favorite target. But, right. I, um, you know, when I first saw that quote, I just thought it was crazy because I'm like, that's amazing bulletin board material and you know who i sent it to immediately text Text message like boom here we go and so so the guys are ready they like it you know but i at the end of the day i I did think about it for a couple of hours and i I just can't see a scenario where they would even do be that stupid to think well one thing like that they love playing uh the ravens defense loves playing man to man and generally a big part of that is you have Marlon Humphrey, right? But now you don't have Marlon Humphrey against those guys. So with not leaving any help over the top, I don't know what the recipe or the thought process really is there. Um, But maybe it's just something to make the Bengals kind of think that. Maybe it's a Jedi mind trick to make them think, okay, we're going to get single coverage all game. And then they come out and it's help over the top. And that, that contributes to it. But I think the weird part is when He's talking about Joe Burrow and like by no means are we trying to crown him over Aaron Rodgers, but to sit and kind of give a light of fire essentially under Joe um, was probably not the smartest thing to do, especially when you're going on the road against a Bengals team at home with so much on the line and you may not have Lamar Jackson. So that that is interesting from that standpoint and just given their resume as far as you know, the holes in the secondary that they had, the, the mishaps, the miscommunications, that is kind of somewhat shocking to me that he said that. Got a super chat here from Rowdy every every lap for $5. Appreciate that, Rowdy. He says if they take the leash off of Joey B, he can go for well over 400 yards. I think that this is a game that you're going to see at least a minimum of 300 yards. It's just my personal take. I think that you see at least 300 yards from Burrow in this game because – it just really lines up to kind of be that game for them because, like I said, Baltimore's pass defense, not good. 
Um, the Bengals passing offense in terms of the weapons, very good. And we've always said that, me and Zim said, whenever you first look at this Bengals team, no disrespect to Joe Mixon and the running offense or anything, people are going to look at the Migos, right? They're going to look at, can we match up with them? Is that something that we have there? Um, and in Baltimore and even in the 49ers game, when I did a crossover with one of, with one of their fans, they were worried about how they can stop those guys because they don't have one good corner that can stop any of those guys, let alone three. And I think that this is a similar situation in Baltimore where you have three guys that are going to be matchup nightmares. So I could potentially see that. That doesn't mean that Joe Mixon won't get his fair share. Maybe even CJ Uzama, right? They're not good against the tight end either. So maybe this is a game where he gets involved. I'd like to see what the Bengals do here, whether Zach is going to keep going kind of with this kind of strong run game in back-to-back games, or if He's going to let it fling. I kind of feel like he might let it fling. That's not from any inside information or anything. I haven't talked to anybody. That's just the thought in the sense that I get from this game, um, especially from just watching a, a lot of both of these teams throughout the season. I, I mean, part of me, you know, I was telling somebody this, or I might have tweeted this earlier today too. With, with me knowing what I know, like I never felt this confident about our run de- defense, like ever. Like, now, there are different ways that you could scramble, throw to, like, as we saw with, like, Mike White. We're going to live with Mike White in our nightmares for the rest of our lives. But as I saw in that game, you could stretch the perimeters. You got pretty much two brand-new starting linebackers, like, playing out of position on our team. I could see a world where a short passing game or something like that could absolutely dice the Bengals up. But, like, running in between the tackles, DJ Reader – I love Geno Atkins to death, but I don't ever remember me feeling so good about the run defense that I just felt like there's no team like that could run on it. Like you need like Derrick Henry, like you need you need the elite if you want to run on this defense. So with Thanks. me knowing that, okay, so now I know that I gotta make Huntley or Lamar Jackson pass. That's exactly what I think I want to do, right? Coming into the football game, I just don't see a world where that works for them to put up. 20 plus points and with that said all i have to do is play mistake free football so the person that's saying even you're saying this i guess now too is like pretty much like let joe cook light him up i feel like that's the one way it, it could it, we could blow the doors off of him and beat him by 40 points but say joe goes back to throw for a pass and you know it, it's something you know turnovers or something like that and it starts going in their favor they get a good a, a nice little lead or something like that to me, that's the only way that I think we could lose. Right. If you just if you just play the field position with them and make mistake-free football, I just don't see a world where, much like the Broncos game, there's no world where I could see them winning the game in that in that manner. So part of me says let them cook because Joe comes to the press conference. He says, man, I feel way better in the pocket mobility-wise than I have felt all year. The other part is Joe is saying that he's – you know, he's starting to – he think he's playing his best ball. He also just got snubbed for the Pro Bowl, right? Let's talk about the Pro Bowl. So, so, so he got snubbed for the Pro Bowl, right. and, then, right. and then Lamar Jackson, here he is, a guy that, to me, you know, probably shouldn't have been a Pro Bowler, and I think Joe should get that spot. And I think Joe's not the person that's ever going to come out and say, I should be in the Pro Bowl, but he is a monster. And people think I'm crazy, and they think I go online and I say all this crazy stuff. I swear to you and all everything I know, the people that I know connected with this team or the players that I know talk just like me. And Joe Burrow is thinking just like me. 
And I'm thinking I want to cook them whether I tell you or I don't. Sometimes I humble myself. Sometimes people humble me. <laughs> but right. it, it, I don't right. think it's going to be these Ravens on Sunday. So I think Joe's ready to go and, you know, atone for that snub. Right. I got another super chat here again from Roddy uh, for $5. Appreciate that. Roddy says, plus mixing is a little bang up. A light workload this week could be beneficial going forward. I agree with that, keeping him healthy. Uh, but let's talk about the Pro Bowl. You touched on it briefly. Uh, the Bengals were able to send Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, and Trey Hendrickson to the Pro Bowl. What does that mean to you? And I think, you know, what were some of the snubs from the Bengals side of things outside of just Joe Burrow? You mentioned that one, but is there anyone else that you felt like was snubbed from this Pro Bowl process? For me, the the two bigger ones that I think were like just straight up snubs, but it, it, it it's a flaw in the system is DJ Reader. What DJ Reader, I don't know. Like, you know, I know even content creators like me and you, it's sometimes hard because you want a lot of people to kind of view your content or you want people to see different things or why that why else why in the hell would I be making it right? And it's not as sexy to show the trenches sometimes. Like sometimes I've been making a point this year, and I think I've fallen in love with the trenches, especially on the defensive side of the football, more than ever. And what DJ Reader does for this defense. I just don't remember a, a defender like anybody for the Bengals as long as I've been a fan been able to do it like this. Like Pecco was like half of this and just having just having what he does up front, you know, like right. there's been some good defense interior defense line, but what but he does like this one to take on every single to take on double teams, everything. Like, why do you think Jermaine Pratt comes in and gets 15 tackles? He comes through clean. Like none of the offense alignment ever gets to the second level with DJ reader. If there's Thanks. a double team or anything like he's pretty much taken two. it's, it puts the Bengals at a, um, uh, advantage on every snap because for every two players he's got one he's double filling those gaps and he's taking your center and he's taking your guard every single game and so right. when you have that now you got a free body that can flow on a line or you got a free linebacker that doesn't have to shed blocks to go make the tackles a lot of the uh, Bengals fans have been upset in the past to say man we I hate these linebackers they suck it's not so much as the skill level isn't there but a lot of people, a lot of players at the linebacker position can get to the ball really well. They're really fast. Or we see guys like Devin Bush or whatever, like they have all these different attributes, but they don't shed blocks really well. So then the consumer or the viewer at home is looking at it and saying, well, our linebackers suck. Like, no, he just doesn't shed blocks well. But if you get him in open space, he can make the tackles. DJ Reader does that for us every day. But it's very hard to do that in a system that's flawed, that's based on sacks and pressures. And, and he's... He, but I will say this: he, if 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 fullback gets a spot in the Pro Bowl, nose tackle should have its own spot because he's outside of maybe Vita Vea, he's the very best nose tackle in all of football. Facts. Period. So no, I would I would say that in a Woozie. Those are those are my two snubs. And, yeah, and, I have to and, agree and with you on that because Burrow. those those guys that you mentioned, I also forgot to mention the alternates. So you got Joe Burrow and Clark Harris as the second alternates. You have Sam Hubbard as an alternate, as well as Larry Ogan Joby. So they're like fourth alternates. Then you got Mike Hilton as a fifth alternate. And I think, like you said, for for someone like DJ Reader to not even be an alternate, like for Cheeto to not even is be it, an alternate, it's a is just system. It's definitely a flawed. a flawed system. Another man that I feel like 
should be on this list that was snubbed. And I think my man Diddy talked about him on it as well. Spain. It is Spain. Quentin Spain, I think, definitely was snubbed in this one. And it was a weird one, right? Because when they were showing um, the votes earlier, they were putting uh, – people were voting for identity, like, and he hadn't played most of the season. And it's like really those votes should probably go to Quentin Spain. I really think Quentin Spain definitely had a Pro Bowl caliber season this year. Uh, given the circumstances and everything. I think he's just been playing some of the best ball of his career, but unfortunately it's going um, unnoticed by some of the people out there. And, and when the voting was done, that's when he was playing his best ball too. Right. Like, you know, like Joe Burrow, I, part of me feels like, okay, around that time he was throwing a lot of interceptions. In the mean voting time in the Pro Bowl, he was like at the top. Now Tom Brady now has, what, 12 interceptions and stuff. So Joe Burrow still got 14. It's not like a big eyesore anymore. But around the time that they were like voting, Spain was balling. I mean, he's still playing pretty good. I thought the San Francisco game was his worst game, like all season. But then he kind of regrouped this past week. Right. Yeah, I agree. I feel like for the most part, if you just put his resume for the season up against a lot of the other guys that may have going to the Pro Bowl over him, I'm pretty sure that it's either in his favor or, or slightly close. I mean, I think Quentin Spain has definitely been, if not, you know, the best, the second best lineman on this. And I, There's a lot of teams. Like, I, I, I went through a lot of different teams, and I was just looking at snubs all over the place. That's why it's not right. hard. It, it's really hard for me to get in, like, an uproar for, like, all of them. It's and, like, how is Spain not an alternate? Like, so that's, that's the right. thing, too, like – Sometimes a woozy is not an alternate either. He's not though, an right? alternate at all. So because they're always just looking at it's Von like, so, Bell. I mean, Von Bell's not an alternate. Like Von Bell quietly is having a solid year as well, honestly. So and this is the crazy thing. Our the scheme has changed. Bates has not had a bad year. I think we look at like uh what is Bates done in the past. He always has two interceptions or whatever, right? Or you look at the end of the San, that San Francisco one where he drops the interception. His run support, his PFF grade, all these different things that factor in. He's had some really, really low weeks. But if you cut on the tape on a lot of these games, they're not bad games and they're above average. But comparing them to the rest of the safeties in the league, there, there's only about two to four teams that Jesse Bates wouldn't be their starting safety on. So, yeah. like – even Jesse Bates, like I, I just I think people saying he's having a down year. They don't go, they don't play single high anymore. So all these different plays where he would just run from end to end and make a play on the football, you're not going to see that anymore. Like they they do that with Von Bell, they alternate the two. So it's just and and, and that's where I think the Von Bell part comes in. Is like Von Bell has shown me in coverage he could do a lot more than what I ever thought he could. Because even last year. People forget before he had the hit on Juju, the fan base was really tough on Von Bell for that Cleveland game with a, the kid. What's the the white tight end guy? Austin Hooper. Nah, the other one, the young one, like Brian or something like that. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking somebody, about. His somebody, name escapes me. Somebody's um, going Harrison to say Bryant. Harrison, Harrison Bryant. Bryant. Yeah. Absolutely scorched them and won the game. We could have got them off the field. It was like I think it was like the first game or the yeah, it had to be the first game. But we had him, and we had a chance to uh, get him off the field and everything like that. Von Bell got hit with three straight passes. Everybody didn't even like Von Bell. Then he goes over to uh, the the Juju game and knocks the stuffing out of him on Christmas. And then everybody started to swing back. Then fast forward to this year, I mean, he's balling out, like playing free safety, strong safety, run support. I mean, he's a force, bro. Like, 
is seeing him up for uh, up front, his stature, him, Jamar Chase, and Joe Mixon, like lower body strength, are probably like the some of the lower the the most bulkier lower body strength athletes I think I've ever remember in like Bengals history or just period. Like they're not any they're not small. They're very they're the big guys. No, nah, I, I feel you. I feel <laughs> you. I think he's also had some some uh some strides that he's made in in coverage this year as well. It's something that I also noticed from Vaughn. I've um, got another super chat here from Aquila the Great. Five dollars. Appreciate that, man. He says, "I think we need to resign almost every one-year contract. They've all taken the expectations and smashed them." I agree with that one. RBI Sports, appreciate the super chat. Not sure what the comment was, so if you want, you can feel free to, to throw something in the chat. We'll try to get that one in here. Yeah, I'm um, Psycho nine ninety nine two dollars says, "Love you guys. We love you too, bro." Um, Aquila the Great five dollars says, "The safety position performs well when the rest of the defense performs." Or fails to perform. Defense sucked last year, so Bates had a million chances to perform. Fact. That's the that's true. Uh, Psycho nine ninety nine says he loves us again. Appreciate that, Psycho. Uh, one <laughs> thing that I wanted to ask you, uh, I got a question before, for you too. Before we get out of here, and then you can ask me yours, is what do the Migos have to do to all get to a thousand yards in these next three games? I feel like they can do it. What can they do? And then I think if it's, it's really about Boyd, it's really Boyd. Yes. Because Boyd has to somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Is he like 300 yards off or 280 something? Yeah, he's very close. He's, he's got to get like he's got to get like 90 something a game. Right. I could be wrong. I might be off a couple yards. I think he's got to get like 280. T Higgins only has to get like 165 or 185. So I think that's going to be done. Boy, right. though, but boy has to average 100 yards like every single game for the last three. I think he has a better chance of just going off. And I'm going to tell you this. Say he gets to like eight something by the time we get to the Browns game. Say it's like 850 or something. And they aren't really playing. Like, say we already know we're in the playoffs and we maybe got the division on wrap. I think he on him. I think they're going to have that conversation behind closed doors. And Joe Burrow's going to say, yeah, bro, I'm about to get you a thousand. Like, I really think that's here. I got the exact numbers here. Um, courtesy of my man Blake Jewel, our guy Blake Jewel. He's got T Higgins, needs 165 yards. Tyler Boyd needs 293. 293. I think he can get that. You can, but it's it's one of those things where, on average, you know, he's good for 60, 70 yards in my mind, Mm -hmm. right? Right. It's going to take, like, I think it's going to be that last Browns game where he might be like, 150 yards off or something and then they just have to come into that game and say look like bro we about to get you this thousand because t might get t should be getting it probably 100 yards on sunday jamar chase you know you you know it's it is a little bit of a boomer bust with him it, it might be 40 yards or it might be 180 right you know what i mean but like he's already hit his mark but t i think that's a done deal like that's done it's just I think when they get to that Browns game, you know, whatever, they got to get him. It's, it's He probably might be like 140 off, and they right. got to give him like 140 in that one game, and they're going to know. And trust me, they know about three wide receivers going for 1,000. They know. Facts. No, I'm with you. So he, if I did the math in the three games. Tyler Boyd would have to get like at least 98 yards in all three games receiving to get there. So – I'm going to have to see how that how that happens. The other thing I want to ask you before you give me your question is, um, 
Dang, I just I just forgot it that fast. So go ahead. You can pitch you, me the you one. Pulled, you guy. pulled a Zim. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. I, I wanted to ask you this. Somebody told me, and a lot of people are very, I'm not going to say guilty of this, but a lot of people pose this to me. They're always talking about um, what's going to happen in the all season. And, uh, man, we're like one year away and stuff. One of the things that I'm really, really on right now is not about how good the Bengals are. Like, it's about how not good the other teams are. Right. When you look at this, the landscape of AFC right now, in, in this year, I'm not I'm not even looking forward to all that. Like, because next year, you know, Pittsburgh might regroup. You know, Ravens get healthy. You, you the, We could get better, but they're probably going to get better, too, is what I'm always thinking. If if you're looking at just this year, because I'm so – I'm laser than focusing – who do you think like poses the biggest threats to the Bengals? And if you had to list your top three teams in the AFC, who would those teams be? Those teams for me, without me just just off the cuff, I would say number one is Kansas City. I would say, and that's obviously because of Pat Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Andy Reid. Right? They got the players, they've got the coaches. Um, that's a matchup where I'm worried if we get off to a slow start that's a team that could take advantage of us, right? Uh, second, I would probably put the Patriots there strictly because of Bill Belichick, right? I don't want to have to go to Gillette Stadium and take on Bill Belichick as one of the best coaches that we've ever seen before, right? Uh, really because of, of him, not the team, not the players per se. I'm not really afraid of anybody on the New England Patriot roster is really all about the coach when it comes to that one. Third, I would probably, let me think this one through. I think I would probably actually go with the Chargers. I probably would go with the Chargers here over the Bills simply because I feel like Herbert is a is a better quarterback than Josh Allen. I know some people might think that that's a hot take. I've never really been, if you follow me, I've never been really super high on Josh Allen. I'm not a hater, but it's no surprise to me that he kind of has this up and down thing. I think right. Herbert is more consistent. And then I also think that Chargers team has a bit more talent yeah. um, when it comes to uh, Derwin James, a Bosa. So I slightly give them right. the edge over Buffalo. I think that that would be, See um, Buffalo three teams in the AFC. Buffalo when uh Ladarius uh, what's his name? Uh White. Ladarius White or the, the corner. Tredavious White. Tredavious White. Um when he went out, it changed how I kind of viewed him a little bit mm -hmm. because they are a pretty good defense when he's out there and he can just be on an island. And one thing about Buffalo too is that I, I know that they do have somewhat success running the football but they don't want to run the football. Right. And in the playoffs last year, that's what exactly what happened to them. They got mm -hmm. all the way to their game and they, they were forced to just, they just threw, 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 and they threw, right. their way, threw their way into an L because they get so pass happy. Out of all the teams that are left, I think the Colts is the, is the team for me because right. Jonathan Taylor is a different type of running back that we hadn't seen. Facts. And if Carson Wentz plays above like what he's supposed to play, See, like that's the that's where it is for but, me. But but as far as like a full full team, to me, mm -hmm. it's the Colts. Like I don't care. Mm -hmm. I know they didn't look that great last week or whatever. Like to me, right. that's like the best. Like the Patriots, same thing. They just want to run. The Chargers, right. 
I feel like when we came back on them and it was 24-22 and we were driving before Joe Mixon fumbled, psychologically, I think that did a lot. And I keep on saying I want to see them. Herbert Mm -hmm. is super, super skilled. Mm -hmm. And I watched him on a comeback drive. He wasn't able to win that game that they had the other night. I think it was like Thursday night football or something where they had the Chiefs and then Kelsey comes back with his name. He mm-hmm. never he he never um completely froze, but when it was time to do what Joe does, he 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 just threw a jump ball up. Um they ran for one of the other first downs, like in the in the key moments, and, and that right there was all I needed to see. I'm like, if I can get his back on the rope, he can't take me out. But let me ask you this. I don't, I'm not a Carson Wentz believer. I'm not a hater. I'm not either. Carson Wentz would definitely give you, like, he can have, I can see the Jimmy D is giving you work, Carson Wentz going to give you work. I can see them getting some picks, though, from Carson Wentz because he'll give you some chances where he might have, you know, an interception here or there, like, if you put pressure on him. And I just see him against this Bengals defensive line potentially doing that. That's the only, like, I'm with you on Jonathan Taylor. I think Jonathan Taylor – a lot of people talk about him being MVP caliber. I do think he's in that class because of what he can do. Um, but I think if the Bengals are able to somewhat shut that run down for a brief moment, not saying right. that they just stifle him the whole game, and it's in a situation where Carson Wentz has the pass, I could see Carson Wentz potentially turning the ball over for them. But I'm with you. Right. I do feel like they are a good team. They do have a good defense. You talk about Darius Leonard. We're talking about one of the best right. linebackers. In my opinion, he is the best linebacker. Best linebacker in the game. Yeah. I think um, he's so he's I understand where stuff. you're coming from on that for sure. So it's interchangeable, honestly, for me at that third spot. I could see why somebody would put the coach there as well. The one thing I think that people don't give Lou uh enough credit for or whatever is that it's the exact opposite of our offense. Sometimes we come into these weeks and we be like, why the hell did y'all go after them corners? Like when I mean, when they like the bears game, we were like, they were like a whole bunch of injuries or it's like, it's a bunch of different games throughout the seasons where we're like, we got to go right at those corners and they don't. Right. I feel like Lou, not on like, you know, like on some fake Belichick stuff, he mm-hmm. actually does take away like your stress a lot. And the right. reason why I keep on saying, well, the bills don't want to, they don't want to run. You know, mm-hmm. he's going to make them run. Right. Like, he's going to make you run. And right. then the same thing with the Patriots. Like, we, you want Mac to, uh, you want Mac to just hand the ball off? Cool. You're going to go three and out. Because Stevenson and the other kid or whatever, like, they're not running in between Reader and them. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm going to make Mac Jones win. And, the, right. and, this is the, and this is the best part. And I'm going to wrap up my whole thought. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs, sure. Right? Super scary. But the best thing about them is that we're about to play them next week. So no matter what happens in that game, we're going to know our matchups. We're going to know what we need to do better or we need to know, you know what I'm saying? We're going to know what we did to win or we're going to know, you know, so that's the beauty of what we got coming up. But it was just a little bit of a look ahead. Um, I'm excited about that game. If if Titans get uh, Chris Henry, I mean, Chris Henry, RIP, if they get Derrick Henry back, then you know it changes who they are, but we beat their butt last year, so with Derrick you know, Henry. So with Derrick, I want girl. I want the Titans like I and, and I we're a better and we're a better tackling team. Didn't say the year. Titans on purpose, and it's no disrespect. It's right. just I feel like if I get Ryan Tannehill versus Joe Burrow in the game, and seeing what they did with uh, Derrick Henry last year, and the run defense is much improved. 
Right. I think that that helps us out, and especially with them having injuries with A.J. Brown and Julio, you just know, don't know who's going to be there for them. So I actually like that. I know defensively they're a lot better this year, but I just think about that game that Joe Burrow had, which we kind of felt like the light was coming on. I feel right. like he's going to have a lot of things that he could take advantage of and that against that defense. So yeah. I'm, I'm actually welcoming that. So I did recall. I'm, I'm what welcoming I was that Charger game. I want that daggone Charger game. That's who I want. Charger game, we have. New Charger fans are fun online, bro. I know Charger fans. I love those. I love them. The Ravens fans are probably the most delusional fans I think I've ever met in my life. Yeah, the Ravens fans are kind of tripping. And I did say this. I talked to you offline, but now I've had the chance to go through the scenarios. It doesn't look like there's any scenario where we would play the Ravens in the first round. That's the team that I actually wanted the most for sure. Um, I got I, a I just super chat I can't, here. I think they might lose. I'm going to tell you this. Bengals win 10 games. You know you're in the playoffs, too. I Facts. just want to say that. Facts. Easily. Like, if we beat the Ravens, it's pretty much – we're pretty much almost in there. If you watch the Chiefs this whole year, they've been super streaky. Their offense wasn't good. They have been getting hot lately, right? Mm-hmm. It's a part of me that just says that they hadn't seen a defense like ours in a little bit. They did a lot of that stuff on the Chargers defense that isn't – as good as our defense. That's the confidence booster going into the playoffs. Love, like, man, our defense is never man. going to sell on us, bro. Like, having having a Chiefs score 24 points on you in the in the playoffs or something like that doesn't mean mm-hmm. that you don't have elite defense. Like, you did right. what you were supposed to do. On the other side of it, I know Joey about to give me 28 in the playoffs. So right. that's how I feel. I don't feel like I could shut these teams down. But mm-hmm. anybody that's talking about next season or, like, getting those side back and all this stuff, I, I'm with you. I agree. But I honestly think that in our history or our fandom, uh, you know, of being a Bengals fan right now, I just don't remember the landscape of football being this wide open. This there wide is, open. There is no dominant team. And the best team that I think, maybe like the Packers, right, we mm-hmm. took them to overtime in the game that we should have won. Right, facts. So come on, like why we like why are we talking about next year? That's I'm not no, I'm not worried not, about playing the Chiefs. It's just if you ask me like the best AFC teams, I actually love that the, the Chiefs game will be a good benchmark for us going into it. Cause I feel like if we beat them, we're gonna feel like we can go into the playoffs and win it all. Honestly. Right, for sure. I think that that's gonna give us confidence. Rowdy what, what was the question? Uh, uh, Rowdy had the five dollar super chat, then I'm gonna get into his um. He said T could have made it if he hadn't missed two of those games because of that hit against the Bears. I agree. This What's is the about thing to get that it, I wanted to to touch on. To uh I think it was either today, I believe it was today. Jamar Chase responded to his his pro bowl now. And I wanted to say this because we had his father on and a lot of his his uh quotes that he had were taken out of context, right? They talked to him about um I think it was Diana from ESPN. She talked about, oh, um, you know, he's more so focused on his self-accomplishments. Today they asked him about the Pro Bowl and this is what he said. I was worried more about the playoffs than the Pro Bowl. I was just trying to get the Bengals to the playoffs. That was the biggest goal I wanted to happen. The Pro Bowl was never a thought in my head. So I wanted us to be able to put that out there because we've seen like quotes from Jamar Chase get taken out of context. You can't take that one out of context. That man said that the playoffs was always his goal. And in order to do that, you know, he was a big part of that. And I just wanted to get your reaction, you know, to that quote from Jamar Chase. I I mean, for me, I I think he – I believe him. He has his own goals. And I think he thinks that if he just hits on those goals, like I know one of his goals is 14 touchdowns. Uh, another goal he told me. he He's got some goals. And so 
I just think that if he hit that, I think he thinks that he's just going to win football games, and it's really that simple. He, I, ju- I just don't think he thinks like that. I think he, his agent probably needs to tell him he's about to get a pay bonus, so he better be thinking about that for, from a Pro Bowl's perspective. <laughs> and I just – somebody hit me earlier today. I'm glad you did ask me about him a little bit, though, in this aspect. Somebody did ask me today. It was like, Zen, why aren't you taking a victory lap on this? I was like, bro, when we started up this Civil War stuff, it was mm-hmm. never about like let me be right or whatever. It was about Thanks. like how can we win, Thanks. you know? And and it does. And the jury's always going to be out for this whole offensive line versus wide receiver and how you build a team. And to me, there's no right or wrong weight. It's all about execution and you need health, like health as well. So you see a full season from Jamar Chase, uh, super healthy. And I just think like it is very refreshing though to know that I didn't John Ross this one though, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like you know to like to know like you you actually i think i was just desperate for john ross like we just needed speed no nah, i don't i don't but, think it was anything in wrong that, in that, situation, that coach hated him it was just bad i don't think but, it was anything wrong with you going as hard as you did for jamar chase i mean it was it's jamar chase i mean it's a slam dunk right i, I remember like and you might have been included in this as well i remember right after we drafted Joe Burrow, a lot of people saying, what if we get Chase next year? I remember it being like, as soon as we drafted him, that was already starting. So I think you definitely deserve your flowers and and taking the lap because honestly, it worked. Like anybody that would say that it hasn't worked, you just (laughs) are bitter, honestly, at this point. Like it's, it's always been about when me and you started this, it's always been about what's best for the team, not who was right and who was wrong on anything. And that's what we did this for, right? That's why we wanted the tank and stuff like that because we wanted what was best for the team. And obviously, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow are what's best for the team. Um, and obviously, this coaching staff, you have to give them credit. You have to get a front office credit for them bringing in guys. The Quentin Spain move, like all of these things that they did in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Riley Reef, don't forget about him either. Like bringing all of these guys in, Frank Pollock, like, um, Marion Hobby, like there's so many things that Isn't happen that crazy that they just really hit on this this season. So give yeah, I, I feel like they the hit. credit, give the Bengals the credit. Like, really, you just got to give everybody the credit for what they did here in right. Cincinnati. Man, I feel like they hit too. You know, like I think initially it's so crazy how life goes sometimes, like where they draft these three linebackers, even last year, because it's like, oh, we need better linebacker play. And I kind of touched on that earlier in the show, whatever. But it's not that the linebackers weren't good enough. It was just that they needed the guys up front to work for them so that the best of their abilities could come out. And, you know, a lot of different things. Even Drew Sample to this day has made key blocks in some games this year. And it's a lot of different things that have happened that have showed us that just because it isn't the person that we particularly want sometimes, Mm -hmm. if you have a good functioning team and good cohesion and you execute plays – like those players aren't you, to get to the National Football League in itself. You can't be a bum to get there. I know plenty of people around my way that never made it that I thought was like the greatest football players of all time. Right. So, you know, it's just one of those things I just think is amazing, though, like that we got to this point. Like, what a season! Like, hasn't this been the most fun season? You know, we're playing for a big game. I, I like, I'm, I'm, I'm starting so crazy. You see how I got the shirt out with the whole uh, Joe Burrow going against. Lamar, the yes. running back, and like, how about you talk about calling your shot, having some fun, and like, and people actually responding and buying it because like we're starting to instill confidence back in the people. I think because last year you sell something like that, and I wouldn't have sold one shirt. 
right? <laughs> like, like to beat, yeah. I beat to beat all my ops. Like whether we beat Lamar Jackson or whatever this weekend or not, which I'm very confident I think we will. You know, like it's just really, really crazy that we got all the way here based off of what we thought in the off season and in the in the the fans were divided, and here we are having a fun season, super competitive with a big game. It has a 49 percent probability change on your um on your enhancement or your takeaway from the playoffs if you win or lose this game so you talk about a meaningful football game here we are if you didn't like pressure don't come to sunday and and i mean don't come watch football on sunday because this is going to be pressure and if you're going if you're in cincinnati definitely be sure to hit up the jungle the Bengals did not tell us to do that but we need you know, as much of that home field advantage as we can. So if y'all can pack the stadium, go ahead and do that because this is a major game. But a friend of the show, Luke Noll, just sent in a $5 super chat and said, Clark Harris's mustache should have gotten in the Pro Bowl. I completely agree with you, bro. The one last thing, I know we're running low on Zim. The one last thing, we got to touch on it, right? Joe Burrow, they've been talking about this all the time. They were asked about, he was asked about COVID, and he says (laughs) that we've been lucky as far as injuries and COVID. We're doing a great job with our COVID protocols. Fortunately, there's not a ton to do in Cincinnati, so nobody's going out to clubs and bars getting COVID every weekend. Me personally, like, me and you both aren't in Cincinnati, right? We've been to a lot of major cities and stuff like that. I think from where Joe was coming from, it wasn't out of, some kind of ill intent or him taking a shot at Cincinnati or anything like that. I just think when you've been to cities like Miami, LA, New York, and things of that nature, like they just tend to be on a different level than most cities just in general, right? Like there's always something going on. I just did a post the other day, like there's like 20,000 things going on in Miami, like just today. Right. And so I think that's what he was really coming from, from that sense. I don't think he was trying to say, like, there's nothing to do in Cincinnati. And I felt like a lot of people took that as a shot. I'm from Cincinnati, but, like, there's a lot of cities that aren't on the level of a New York or Miami or L.A. Obviously, you live in D.C. What can you speak towards the comments as far as what Joe said about about the city? Joe is usually a little bit more calculated when he says stuff like that, but I I would venture to say this, and I don't know if you saw this, Carlos Dunlap actually took up for him in the uh, ESPN comments and stuff, and he was just saying, shoot, I mean, come on, get a guy a break. He's only been there like two years in COVID, so like he doesn't right. really know anything. So I thought that was really, really good for Carlos to stand up for him. But it a lot of people hit me up sometimes, and they'll say, hey, man, what do I do when I go to Sensi? And I only know a couple of different things. And that's just based off of what people have shown me. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. versus, you know, like when you were growing up in Cincy to now that you're an adult. Yeah. You know, like those places are totally different. So whatever, right. whatever lounge is popping right now or whatever bar is popping right now is vastly different than when you were there, too. Right. So Facts. I think it's actually more stuff to do now than when I was. And it wasn't because there was a lack of some things like it around the time when I was there in the early 2000s, like there were some dangerous spots. So like, yeah, you could go, but there was a chance that you might get shot at or or something like that. (laughs) So, you know, there weren't really as many professional places where you could go out and be safe as there are now from what I've heard from talking to people back home. But, you know, it's not something where he's just kind of trying to rip on the city. I got a great idea. While we're we're talking about this right now, you know what we're going to do for Joe Burrow? I need y'all in the comments right now 
to name your favorite spot that you like to go to in Cincinnati. So everybody else is reading this. Maybe they could write it down. They could go to it. Somebody said the Ritz. I done been to the Ritz when it was open. <laughs> <laughs> I went oh, to the Ritz I, when yeah, it was open I, back yeah, in the day. I, I done heard about that. So there's some spots that I know I go to. I want y'all to like name all the spots. Like I know y'all going to troll and say stupid stuff too, but Give some people some good spots to go. Matter of fact, give Joe Burrow some good spots to go because well, I we don't we don't want Joe in the club now. We don't want we talk, after talking to after talking to Jeff Blake. You know, as a quarterback, he's right. not supposed to be in the club anyway, right? Right, right. This, this is not yeah. And when we was in the club, we definitely ain't see no Joe. We saw a lot of other people. We ain't see no Joe. We ain't see Joe. But right. I will say this though, bro. Like anywhere in the United States right now, with all these COVID outbreaks and all this craziness going on in the world. I don't think Joe meant it like that in that sense. It's like, right. you know, for me, it's like, what are you really going to do? Like, where are you really going to have, like, the time of your life right now in the middle of a COVID outbreak escalating in the United States? Like, I think part of that, I don't, I, he didn't say that, but mm -hmm. I just think some of the back context of, like, that exists. Like, right. where, are you, where are you really going to go is what right. I was thinking. Damn. I will say this, though. I know one place to go. It's Midwest Best Barbecue. My God, ten it like this is another thing too. If y'all want to support people or you want to support like businesses and stuff, why not support a business that you know a hundred percent is like the biggest Bengals fan I ever know? Tim and his wife work and they love the Bengals. Their kids like the Bengals. Everything about them screams the Bengals. Good food, great everything or whatever. Like it's just amazing. Like I mean, right in Loveland. They got uh, their own creamery in there as well, too. So you can get ice, ice cream, cream as well. too. So, like, it, it's a good spot, like, in, a, in you know, a nice little quick spot, but it, it, it's got really, really great uh, food. And for me, I think it's really important that we support our own. No, nah, that's facts. And it's uh, dope that Greg Luther went out there, pulled up on them, went and got a, a brisket sandwich and, and some of those wings. So y'all definitely be sure to do the same. Dope Bengals fans, they got a whole bunch of stuff going on there. Um, I can't wait to get back over there because they showed us major love when we came through. So definitely holler at Midwest Best Barbecue and the Natty. Uh, but everyone have a Merry Christmas. Have a Happy New Year. Zim, you got one more thing to say. Go ahead. Make sure when this thing is over, like and subscribe to me and Ace's YouTube, New Stripe City, Zim Hude. Really quick. On my Twitter, on my Instagram, especially my Twitter, I'm doing a contest. It's called the Orange Sweet Giveaway. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it allows anyone that you know that is doing an act of kindness or someone that's helped your family or the community, you could submit a, pic, a pictures, video to my email at zimhuday at gmail.com or on the Twitter. I, on Twitter, I have it pinned on my comment or you'll see the post on my Instagram. Please submit that and you get two, I'm uh, sorry. Two free tickets to the Bengals versus the Chiefs on January 2nd to a suite. There ain't no regular seat. You want to go see the game in style in the winter? Why not sit in a suite at Paul Brown Stadium? I'm doing this. You don't have to follow anybody. You don't have to enter no raffle. Just submit people that have helped you and is going to help your Christmas or people that you want to enhance their Christmas. Christmas. Make sure you submit this, and I think that's going to go a long way in the city or wherever you are. And please make sure that the person can go to the game before you submit it, even if it's yourself. That's all I want to say. Facts. Facts. Um, so shout out to my man, Daniel. 
Uh, for $2, he says, Joey B is dropping 400 on this Mickey Mouse secondary. And Bryson Holloway for the $4.99 Super Chat. Appreciate that. This podcast is a godsend to real Bengals fans. I thank y'all every week. Thank you, sir, for supporting us. And don't forget to support the rest of the Cincy Jungle team. You got the Orange and Black Insider. You got Matt Minich, uh Coach Speak as well. So definitely be sure to, to check those out. And Chalk Talk, I think he, I think he renamed it, though. He renamed it, he, yeah. He did a rebranding. Um, so definitely be sure to catch up with all of the shows. But, Zim, we got to end this with a yes. Sersky. Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> uh, never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never be 